You're listening to Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. This program is a recording and the Phoenix FM text line is currently closed. If you wish to comment on this program, email info at phoenixfm.ie and your comments will be passed to the program makers. Okay, everybody, it is Monday night here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. This is the Rest of You International Nesk, and I am joined by Rest of You's editor-in-chief, Mr. Adam Martin. How are things, man? <laughs> I'm surprised we're doing this, because I was not expecting you... I thought you were just done with uh, with wrestling talk and podcasting. I thought you were just you were just done with it. Um, yeah, I kind of was. Um, but I don't know. It's like, you know, when you kind of... You get to a point where you're just kind of you step away from something and then you need to kind of like take a bit of time for yourself and kind of reorientate everything and then you go back into it. It's a, uh, it's, I think we've all had that point, Adam, where we, uh, we do walk away from it and then we kind of come back. Like even with yourself, you had it with the rest of the VIP area uh, and then even rest, uh, wrestling news live and that when they kind of finished and you're like, well, do I still want to do this? I think like a, a structured approach that is more unknown what you want to do is better than just doing something for the sake of it. Like what you do in uh, wrestling and rest of you live on Facebook where it's not every week. It's every couple of yeah. pay-per-views or whenever you feel like it. I think that's really cool. It's been, it's been every like two weeks though lately. Cause there's been so many pay-per-views yeah. um, from the WWE mainly. And then there's going to be uh, an, an impact. It's an impact wrestling show. It's not TNA's dead. <laughs> yes. So it's not TNA, even though we, people want to call it TNA, but um, yeah, we've, um, well, no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause I did, I did wrestling news live from 2002 all the way up until 2008 or nine. And then we called it a day. And then I right right as that ended, I started doing a podcast with my brother about uh, mixed martial arts. I did that for almost a year with him. Mm. And then we brought wrestling news live back and that lasted through 2010. And then there was the the parting of the ways, the VIP section starting up, and then I did the VIP section till like 2013, and then 2014 I we created the Train Adam show, and now that show's dead, and I just do WrestleView live now with uh, with Doug mm. whenever there's a pay per view. But it's been uh, I haven't really ever taken a breath. I mean, there's been lulls and there's been like stop gaps with shows and stuff, but I've pretty much, I mean there was a little bit of a break after the VIP section ended when I didn't do anything for probably like five or six months um and then we started doing stuff with uh when i started doing so with trey again but it does get a little um and and plus you know i i, I think you've talked about this in your shows too of there's just too much um there's too much podcasts about wrestling especially with how many wrestlers have a podcast now and it's become it's really interesting to me because for for you know 10 years ago the, you know it was just like you know, like who would want to do a show about wrestling or who would want yeah. to have a radio show or a podcast? And like now all these wrestlers do and it's it was interesting to see the the rise in popularity of podcasting, especially in the comedy world. Because I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts, but now like almost every comedian has a podcast now, which is a little annoying. Hmm. And now every wrestler has a podcast and there's and they're still popping up like Raven just started a podcast and Shane Douglas just started a podcast. And I, you know, at one point Ric Flair was doing it and then he fizzled out. Um, but, and I, I think I mentioned this on the, the Trent Adam show Facebook page, which we still keep that alive, even though the show itself is dead. But, um, Shane Helms was doing an interview, I think with Sam Roberts when, and he was many years ago, I think it was like 2010, he was starting to do his highway to Helms show where he was doing video and, and podcasting. And he said when, when Steve Austin called him and started asking him for advice on podcasting, he knew it was time to basically pack it in and call it a day. Mm. And, uh, it's very oversaturated, so I do like that I get to come on and do shows with Doug, but we don't do it every single week, but it's been like every other week now because of how many uh, pay-per-views they've been producing in the summertime. You see, like even when I was thinking about, I kind of found myself in a, a, di- a different position than that because obviously this is on Phoenix FM. I have a slot. 
to fill. Yeah, a legitimate, a legitimate slot. Yeah, so it was kind of like they were getting um, repeats, and it was like, look, I don't want to do the Friday show anymore. Um, I don't want to do Saturday. I just want to kind of, because that's too much content to put out, particularly when, as you said, it's oversaturated. So the choice was either stop doing it, or, you know, kind of change the format a, a bit, you know? So it's like, it's great. I get to talk with you, Adam. I haven't talked to you in a while. Um, it has been a long time. It has been. It's far too long. I, I just realized that, like, one of the times that I actually really enjoyed do, doing the show was when I was talking with people in 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 the kind of wrestling media, but also in the the, the wider sphere of things. And they were all kind of patch, patched together here and there when I was doing the show with Gary and it was... Um, Sometimes three or four shows are going out a week. So then I just realized, just take the bits that I like and package them together there. So, you know, I get I get DVDs sent to me from WWE Home Video. I'm going to do DVD reviews, interviews, all that kind of stuff. So it's more of a case of adjusting, adjusting the things that you talk about rather than just being angry or upset <laughs> and just being a voice on... Um, on an oversaturated market, you know, I think what you and Doug do is very unique because it's 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 in the my regular diet of wrestling podcasts that I listen to. But you do have either the really well researched and fun stuff, or you have the really really annoyed YouTube videos. Um, and both are fun, but you ha- kind of have to pick which one you want to invest your time into. And as you said wrestlers now are kind of dominating the the podcast scene as in like the week-to-week kind of stuff so it's kind of better to just reassess and go right let's talk about other stuff inside the the wrestling kind of um guys kind of thing it's actually very much what happened with gaming when you look at it when you think back um you know a couple of years ago nobody would even think that it was important to stream games or to review games on the internet and then it became a huge business and now gaming is like the second most popular thing on YouTube, if not the most popular thing on YouTube. Yeah, I, I got sucked into it. I mean, it's you're, you're. I mean, before it was like when a game would come out, you would go see like, well, what does IGN think, or what does uh, yeah, like Gamespot exactly. think, exactly, or yeah. or PC Gamer. And now it's, I will, I'll follow people on YouTube that are, are like very popular gamers, and I'll kind of see what they think. Like there's a guy in the UK called Jack Frags that I always watch his stuff. Mm. So if I'm going to get into a game, I see, well, what does Jack think? And then there's a, another goofy guy named Cartoons who does a bunch of uh, videos and he'll actually have, uh, you know, game creators send him a copy of the game and then he'll play it and give his thoughts and goof around. So you're right. It totally is. And then obviously, you know, the popularity of Twitch People are now streaming directly live to YouTube now for gaming, so that's kind of become a new thing in the last six months. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right, and it's even you can see the popularity with wrestling on YouTube as well. I mean, that's mm. why now when we do WrestleView Live, we only stream live to YouTube. For a yeah. while, we were only streaming live to Facebook, mm. um, and then we noticed, you know, what a what a bigger audience we could build uh, on YouTube versus Facebook, and um, it's just really interesting to see. I mean, you have people literally sitting there filming themselves watching an entire you know pay-per-view or they'll come on right after a pay-per-view like we do and give some quick thoughts but we generally just like to react to it versus you know this is how they should have done it dara and get all angry and yes and mad and stuff because there's no fun that's that's the only way you can watch wrestling i mean i i can't imagine watching i mean i i know there's there's people that are fans and they they definitely want to see something you know personally they want an attachment and i get that but I can't imagine just like continuing to watch over and over again because they didn't do what you want them to do. And I prefer to just kind of say like it's I mean, it's it's the same way people cover sports. I mean, mm. if there's if I had to make another comparison is, you know, you don't see guys talking heads going on ESPN or Fox Sports and saying, well, this is what, you know, the Cowboys should have done in this. game. They just say, well, like, you know, this is this is what happened. And here's the mistake that was made or here was the correct decision that was made. They just, they're just reacting to reality. And I just kind of wish wrestling fans would just react and hope for the best. But instead, they fixate on fantasy booking and how they think things should be done. And this is why the WWE is terrible. And I don't always agree with everything the WWE does um, because you'll hear me when I don't agree with it. I'll be very vocal about it and very honest and very I'll be brutally honest, you know. But at the same time, though, I I just don't see the point in, in coming on a podcast and just being angry for an hour or two. And it's just doesn't accomplish anything to be that angry because then you just sound 
you sound really childish when you get that angry, especially when I hear like grown adults, like 20, like guys that are like 20 or 30 years older than me mm. that, that do the same thing I do. And they're just, they just sound like babies. They sound like big whiny babies. And I just, it's very off putting when I hear that. So a lot of the times when I do sample all the wrestling shows, which isn't many, but when I do and I start to hear the whiny baby stuff, I just click it right off. Cause I'm just not interested in that kind of a approach to, you know, analyzing wrestling or, or, you know, discussing wrestling. It should just be a fun discussion, but a lot of people choose to take it very, very seriously. And I've never understood that. It's, I think it's a mix of se- several different things, but you know, that is kind of like the, the template that a lot of people do follow. I don't even think it is a template. I just think it's the most natural, um, kind of slot to fit into. The, and the problem with it is when you live in that mindset, you get incredibly negative. And when you get incredibly negative, it stops becoming fun. And when something isn't fun, don't do it. And that's kind of how I see see most things. Other than work, because you have to work, and you know, <laughs> so work isn't fun sometimes. But when it's uh, w- when it gets to like a hobby, be it music, be it um, podcasting, be it anything like that, if it's not fun, don't do it. You know, and if you can't if you can't find some sort of enjoyment out of it, then there's just absolutely no point. And for me, I was kind of just thinking this like, well, Bryn was really busy. He just finished his his degree. I'm really busy. I just finished my degree. And we're like, well, look, we're programming all the time. We haven't got time to watch eight hours of wrestling that we're not really enjoying. And we're not finding a different way to be able to cover it. And it just became to a point where it was like, right, take a break, reassess. Then the website went down. I was just like, okay, look, I'm going to just pull it off put it off for a while i'll just kind of pull it to the side there um i kind of sidebar for a while and the, the main thing that kind of got me back into covering wrestling or wanting to pot, do a podcast again was in reality as i said we i had the slot there but also it was i can build websites now there's a place to host the show which is not an easy thing to learn and to do so i give you credit for that thank you sir um but no it was you know, there's an arc. There's literally like an archive of shows there, which I'm able to build up, and it's just a place to host it and hold it there. So it's not just going on. Like some guys will come on and do a show, and I never understood it. Uh, particularly on FM radio, they'll do a show and they'll just be happy with it just to disappear. For me, <laughs> I think that you know, it's like, oh yeah, we recorded it for the for for the for the station or whatever, but then it's just it's gone. It's like, well, that's. That's kind of weird, <laughs> you know. I just yeah. understand that. So once there was no place really, to, and I know obviously Adam, uh, you know, you've always opened up your SoundCloud and stuff like that as well um, for us, which we've I, I've always greatly appreciated. But um, you know, it's when you don't have a place to host it yourself, you're like, oh, okay, well, I'll wait and see what happens. And the stars just kind of aligned where you know the slot was there. I have the, I had the skills to be able to build a site. Um, and then it was just like, okay, let's just do it again. And then, it, then there was this case of seeing, well, what do I want to cover? So it is a case of just, you know, talking with people, having conversations that, about wrestling or about whatever when it's uh, in a fun kind of environment. And then it's just kind of building on that. So some weeks are going to be different than others. Some weeks are going to be more standard than others. But uh, what I want to do is it's kind of, for anyone who's been listening to the show for, what, six six years now in some way? <laughs> six years, that's crazy. But uh, you know, there's been there's always been the review side of it. There's always been the 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 kind of piecemeal um, coverage, and then there's been the the in depth coverage and uh, the interviews and all that kind of stuff. Pretty much an hour, an hour is a lot a small a short time to fit a lot into, but three hours is a lot to fit very little into. If you know what I, if you know what I mean, instead of. Stretch. I mean, look at yeah. look at Raw every week. I mean, exactly. That Actually, sucks, so. that's exactly it. And what I wanted to do, I didn't want to do three hours where it was mostly repeats or whatever. I just, I'm happy to just do an hour and have as good solid content. So it, it yeah. is, it is pretty much what you said. It's the the raw analogy. You know, it's kind of stripping it back just to being, to being what 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 I always wanted the show to kind of be. Um, and and now it's you know it was just the stars aligned. So that's why I kind of came back. It wasn't a it was more like uh, behind the scenes kind of thing. It was more like uh, I met the station manager and it was kind of like, there, do you want to do the show? And I was just like, do, do I want <laughs> to do the show? Because they, they were kind of happy enough just to go on with repeats or whatever. And it sure. was kind of just like, yeah, okay, I'll do the show again. You know, <laughs> I just need to kind of find out why do I like wrestling? 
why do I like po- and I why do I like podcasting and, and it was it, it was kind of just all came from there. So well, you're also you're adjusting to how we consume wrestling yes. now because think about I mean think about ten years ago how you consumed wrestling in 2007 versus how you do it now and yeah. it's totally different. I mean there's there's no pay per view model. Um, there's way more television content now than there was 10 years ago. Mm. There's social media content. There's now a full fledged network with every single pay-per-view you can even imagine, not to mention TV shows, not to mention documentaries, specials. Um, there's just so much more content that is out there now than there was 10 years ago. So, you know, 10 years ago you could sit here you, I mean, even even back then, the internet was still beginning to evolve. Not everybody had broadband internet. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, podcasting was a thing, but it wasn't quite at the level that it is now. So, it's just it's a different. I mean, we're all. I think we're all adjusting to it. I'm still adjusting to it. I mean, I, I know I've adjusted to the last. I don't know, last three years now. I've I've gone off satellite. I've gone off cable. The only way I consume uh, WWE content is either through the network or if I watch Raw or SmackDown on Hulu, and that's it. Yeah. So I'm I've also had to kind of readjust how even I consume content and how I do it on my time. So it's we're we're all adjusting. We're all trying to figure this thing out, and I and I I totally get where you're coming from because everybody gets completely burned out. But I think even more so now, it's easier to get burned out on wrestling because there's just so much coming at you. And that, I mean, just think about just the stuff the WWE provides by itself. That's not counting all the other countless, you know, potential wrestling content you could get from, you know, independent promotions or or Impact or from New Japan. So there's just, you know, Ring of Honor. There's so much out out there right now that it's a good time to be a wrestling fan, but it's also, you know, very overwhelming at the same time. I think it's a good time to be a new wrestling fan. As in, there isn't that adjustment period. Like, if you just come, if you just came straight into this world where it's wrestling and you like wrestling, literally, you can watch whatever you want. Like, you could, uh, like, Adam, we could literally sit and watch wrestling uninterrupted for probably six months. Maybe. If no new wrestling, let's say all wrestling stopped now. Uninterrupted, we could probably watch it for six months to eight months. <laughs> Straight. That you is know? a weird thought, though, too. That even if the the evil WWE empire was to just implode one day, yeah, there would still be something out there. Exactly. Um, it just, but it would be, it would be so, like, like even the WWE struggles to be mainstream right mm. now. Yeah. And and which which is weird because like it's funny how like wrestling fans want it to be mainstream, but then when it does become mainstream, they're like, oh, that's so gross. So it's such a it's such <laughs> a weird true. dichotomy how it's like. They want people to know about it, but then when it becomes too known, like how big it got in the Attitude Era, people got so annoyed uh, at how almost how overly saturated and how overly popular it got. But it would be weird to think about if you were just to take the WWE, like just all that content they provide, the network's gone, everything's gone. And what would you have left? Like a fledgling Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor being sustained only through Sinclair Broadcasting. You'd have New Japan, um, which is actually doing pretty well right now, and they're, they're doing a couple shows uh, next weekend, actually in Los Angeles. I think Los Angeles is where they're doing it. Yes, um, they're going to start testing the American market a little bit, which I think is a good move. But it would be kind of weird if you were new, and then all of a sudden one of them just kind of because even though WWE has the overwhelming market share, God, if you think wrestling's not popular now, just imagine if the WWE went away. Yeah, like, it is one of those things where, like, you know, even still. Well, the reality is WWE. Most people still call the WWE WWF. Yeah. Still, to this day, I had somebody call it WWF, literally yesterday. You know, <laughs> so like that's how niche it still is. But then it's not. You know, you have like this niche product that people still watch, people still have investment in, but then to the mainstream. You're right, you know, when it was part of the mainstream, it was WWF, it was in the Edge era, and people still hang on to that. And I think the mistake, going back to why people have such that weird, have not weird, it's not a weird investment, it's an understandable investment, why people still have that investment with it is because that's when it was the mainstream. And I figured that out, you know, it was kind of like, this was a keystone of not only their childhood, but of popular culture at the time, where like you could, you turn on WWE, you turn on Raw, and there were signs for The Simpsons and for South Park and all that kind of stuff. And all those things kind of 
meshed in together. So you had your block of programming, you had your your feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Undertaker. But at the same time, you were watching The Simpsons, and then you had um, you know the the all that kind of stuff meshing together. And I think the the problem that a lot of people have from that time period and i include myself in that as well you know when you get emotionally invested in something is that you don't understand that things change and a lot of people from that time period uh, who are fans then when wrestling changed into what it is now where it's it is not just one thing it's it's a brand that transcends tv it goes to social media it's online but it's not mainstream it's not the same thing so then when it tries to become mainstream people are like "Ooh, what's that (laughs) (laughs) because the main somebody too that like wants it to go back to the way it was like it's almost like they're just sitting and waiting in a (laughs) corner like oh i bet i bet in like five years there they're gonna start you know cursing and showing boobs and you know they're just kind of like waiting for it to revert back to how it was in like 1998 1999 and it's just like it's not gonna happen (laughs) no it's really not i mean as long as the wwe can successfully market to children and get successful licensing deals off that and as long as people are still subscribing to the network at the rate at which they are it's not gonna i mean obviously they're gonna introduce new characters they'll have you know new new storylines and stuff but this idea that like you know Stone Cold Steve Austin's gonna come out on like a Zamboni and jump over the ring and take out you know Vince McMahon it's just like man like the whole purpose of wrestling is to and and even I've had to kind of swallow this too like I thought the the stuff like when when people were going crazy over the uh, is it Will Osprey and and Ricochet I think yeah. those two dudes um, they were going crazy over all these matches that they were having the last year in uh, Japan. And I thought it was stupid. It looked like gymnastics. It didn't even look like wrestling. It, it, it almost like I didn't even think that was pro wrestling. Like, yes, they were in a wrestling ring, but it was so overly choreographed that it looked like they were almost like practicing things for a movie. And then someone was going to go in and edit the shots so that congruently it fit together quickly. And there wasn't any like pauses or breaks. But at the same time, though, I have to recognize that a lot of people thought that that was really, really cool. And they thought that that was innovative and something different and something they've never seen before. I thought it was stupid, but just because I thought it was stupid doesn't mean that everybody thought it was stupid. And a lot of people were into that match and are into that presentation and want to see that in the WWE. And we're getting hints of it with, you know, you know, the critique of the dive, which I'm sure you saw of Randy Orton making fun of, you know, the typical independent wrestler and Rip Rogers put out like a little like a how to if you're going to have an independent wrestling match in 2017. And he's not wrong because it's what a lot of them do. But it was, but it's like a successful formula that, like you know, like the Young Bucks do. But the Young Bucks are selling a bunch of T-shirts and they're getting a bunch of, a bunch of YouTube views with their Elite show. So even though I think it's stupid, people seem to like it. So I've had to kind of understand that too. That just because I look at something and go like, ugh, like it doesn't mean it's it's going to be. It, it's just evolution. Things evolve and wrestling's going to evolve. And maybe at some point in a couple of years, the match that we saw between Ricochet and Will Osprey could be the norm in the WWE or. Or somewhere else, I don't know. Well, but. see, Adam, that that's the thing. Like, it, there is this weird connection, and it, it's there, and they seem to touch off each other, but never actually understand what's going on. When WWE was was in the major, during the Attitude Era, it was mimicking popular culture. What was popular then, you know, uh, it was trying to tap into that, you know, millennial kind of mi- not pre-millennial mindset kind of thing. If WWE was to tap into the popular culture now, people would be incredibly annoyed. And that's what's happening. You know, sure, when, even going back a couple of years ago, when, um, oh, what's your one's face called? From that horrible show. You I know, don't know. Snooki. Which, which that show? was it. Snooki. Yes. Snooki. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Jersey, yeah, Jersey Shore. Jersey yeah, Shore, yeah, that sure. was it. Um, like, th- that was WWE trying to go into the mainstream. You know, that was them trying to mimic popular culture and it just failed epically. So for everyone who's saying I didn't, I didn't think that one I didn't think that one failed because all they did was was used it at a WrestleMania. I thought I think I thought it was more awkward when they would bring somebody in, like when they brought in Kevin Federline. Like there was yes. no payoff with that. It True. was just like at the time he was in the headlines, so they brought him in and John Cena gave him a nephew and then it was done. But or a or a AA, sorry. But he, he beat um, John Cena, remember? He did, but it was very random when they did it. They were just more like saw him in the headlines, and they brought him in. Whereas with like Snooky, 
Like that was like WrestleMania was designed for celebrities. Like that's the yes. one thing wrestling fans for some reason decided just like conveniently forget. Like yeah. that was an entire show built off of celebrities and celebrity involvement. So to have a celebrity, which yes, you could use that term loosely with Snooki, and I think even she would admit that she was a reality TV star. Yeah. Um, but it made sense to use her in that capacity to WrestleMania. But I do, I'll agree with you when they when they do other stuff. Like I heard they're going to try to bring in. LeVar Ball, who's the father of Lonzo Ball, who's this I, I don't follow the NBA very closely anymore, so by no means should I even be really talking about this, but I saw something that there he's been supposedly talking with the WWE and he's just a he's just known for trolling people on ESPN and, and other sports channels because of his kids or being are good at basketball, you know, and, the, and they're just trying to end the Raws in Los Angeles and they might like capitalize on this. So that's that's when it starts to feel silly, where they just try to get like, you know, the, the sports center highlight, even though they're totally in bed with ESPN now, which is really, really strange. But um, it is weird, though, when they do kind of ham fist in popular culture stuff when they don't really need to. Yeah. And it's something that I wish WWE fans would understand. And I wish WWE would stop doing because on, <laughs> on one hand, it's like they have the glory, quote unquote, the glory period of the attitude there. And people think that's what, it, you know, it's like you have this and it's going to lead to this. And but for, it's, the amount of mental gymnastics they have to do to get to that point is insane. Rather than just thinking if they use the same formula, it's going to get a different result because it's 20 years ago. Yeah, you can't keep doing the same stuff. And it, it felt ham-fisted when they did the guest stars for Raw. Like I yeah. thought after a while that started to get real old fast. But like it just... But it, it just wasn't good, and they have. Any, I think they saw that, and they went, "Okay, let's let's cool this down a little bit and stop doing this." But the other obstacle now is just, you know, too much content on Monday night, which I never thought I would say, but it's just yeah. way too much. It's just, it's it's life taxing. Like I feel bad for Mike Tedesco <laughs> at times when he has to recap that show for us on WrestleView, but, but there, I, there's a lot of issues more with that. But the thing about it is, Adam, when you put it through that lens, it all makes sense, and that's the realization I had. You know, WWE are giving people what they want. That's the crazy thing. WWE are doing exactly what people want. Integration with popular culture kind of thing. Or at least they have in the past. No, they're not doing it now, but they, they did for the past, what? 2009, 2011, 2010, 2012, 2014, 15, 16. Up until 2015, that's when they were really kind of hammering the integration with popular culture kind of thing, and it failed. So WWE now are doing their own kind of thing where they might flirt with popular culture, but they don't actually integrate mm-hmm. it. And that's what we need to realize, where WWE, I'm not saying we, but, you know, as, as a collective, um... WWE, if if they give you what you want, it's going to be, you know, the guest host kind of thing, the guest GM, uh, you know, Donald Trump showing up at WrestleMania, all that kind of stuff. It, it's pretty much actually how Impact are marketing their Slammiversary show because they're now trying to copy what WWE did a few years ago with their marketing st- uh, strategy um, tactic. It's uh, it's not good, and I I think you're right, Adam. But uh, <laughs> it's a good segue. I like that. That's what you did there. Yes, yes. But uh, yeah, that that's that's how I feel, and that's what I feel. Um, the little break did for me, Adam. It kind of like reset it. Yeah, it was kind of like, oh, okay. If we step away, we got to see the bigger picture here, and it was good, you know. But uh, I, I I think my advice to anybody who uh, wants to, who is fed up wrestling or angry all the time about wrestling, stop watching for a while. Go outside and then, you know, go outside, you know, do other things and then come back and then you'll be like, oh, okay, it's just a TV show. <laughs> or channel that anger into something that would like benefit you, like exercise, you know, like, yes. like hit a heavy bag or run or, you know, use a kettlebell or use free weights or something like, like take that anger and put it towards something that will actually benefit you instead of just like eating food and you know, going on Facebook and complaining all day. Like, just just think about different ways you could better yourself as a human being, and then you'll be better. Exactly. Uh, you know, and it, it's it's better for the mental health kind of thing as well because, at the end of the day, we we love wrestling, and that's where it comes from. But you need to understand that, like, wrestling is a TV show; it's a business, and there are companies out there that will cater to that kind of thing. You know, they've always been there. 
But as far as what WWE is going to do, WWE tried to give you what people want, and they it just didn't keep up. And it's it's you know it's one hand watching the other, and you know they don't get anywhere. So just what I'd say is that's what the future of this show is going to be as well. It's going to just kind of be a much more grounded kind of approach, talking with people in the industry, uh, reviewing different things, and just kind of you know being more chill about everything because you know, I'm nearly 30. <laughs> you don't need to be angry about everything all the time. You know, what's the point in that? I agree. I, thumbs up for me, man. I, I totally agree. Okay, so let's talk about Slammiversary real quick. This is, to my knowledge, the first uh, Impact Slammiversary. It's no longer TNA Impact Slammiversary. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, it's... Yeah, right away, the main event is not something I want to see. Uh, I never really rate Lashley as a performer in any way. Um, there's an interview which I'll put up on the site next week uh, before the show, and it's I have to say he's the worst interview I've ever had in my life. Well, yeah, he's not a he's he's just a very quiet person. So yeah. he's yeah, I mean, in the from in the charisma department, I even think he would admit this. He's he's not much, but I I like the way they. I mean, honestly, dude, like if they're gonna have anybody walk around as a world champion. He's probably the dude you want to go with right yes. now. Like they, they they were struggling and they were, you know, they were playing hot potato. Like they had Eddie Edwards as champion. Like that made no sense <sighs> for a while. Weird. That was weird. Um, so yeah, I'd like yes, Lashley has a lot. Uh, or Bobby has a lot to be desired when it comes to the microphone. But from a from a like from a physical standpoint and from a wrestling standpoint, he's pretty competent in the ring still. Yes, he's very believable um, as a champion. And that's that's why he's in the position, you know, that you see him in right now with this company. Yeah, and I think you know they have Alberto uh, the Rio or El Patron there. But the thing about it is, it's like as you said, you know, he's for all intents and purposes, they're a homegrown guy. You know, he's had a much more successful career there than he did in WWE, and uh, he he's been a much more valuable asset for them than he was in WWE. But the thing about it is, and this is you know, they changed the name. <laughs> they changed the name, but then they did the exact same. TNA kind of stuff, and that's playing off the the WWE Battle of the Billionaires kind of thing, where Donald Trump was in Lashley's corner at WrestleMania 23, and I don't know why. Um, I don't. I don't know why they would go back to that. Like they've cut ties completely from what they were, and the show's got pretty good. It's 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 decent. It seems to have some sort of. Um, cohesion now at least but why even why even try you know like i i as i said the competitors in the match doesn't do any for me but i do like the fact that they're unifying the belts they're unifying the global force wrestling championship and they're unifying the impact championship that's enough of a story in itself it seems like, hey, look, we're as big as WWE. We can get Donald Trump here. It's like, yes, you can get Donald, you can get the president <laughs> <laughs> to show up He's at not, your wrestling show. Yeah, he is not coming to Universal Studios in two weeks. But, <laughs> it's, like, what? Um, it's just it, so it, lame. It's, yeah, and I, I sent a text to somebody um, who's a higher up person, and people that know my my working relationships can probably guess who this is, but. Um, I voiced my, dis- and I've, I've been voicing displeasure on things I see and, um, sometimes it's taken in and other times it's ignored and I'm, I you know, it's, it is what it is either way. But the one, the one thing I continue to hear from the people that are there now versus who was there, you know, a year ago is yeah. there's, there's frustration with having to take over something that they had nothing to do with. So they're kind of working with the 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 strategic the strategy the strategy I almost pulled a George W. Bush there. I would like to <laughs> joke a strategy instead of strategy. But imagine like, you know, like imagine buying a house and like 30, 40% of it gets moved out, but then you're stuck with the rest and you have to kind of just work with it and make it and you know the the first obvious, you know, glaring issue is pop TV. I mean it just you're you're lucky if that show averages over 300,000 people a week. It's been kind of ticking up here and there and it goes up and down, but there's not a lot of traction there from a cable television standpoint. Um, they've diverted and, and, and you know, spent more money and, and more effort and more time into, you know, making a better website, making their social media better. They've gotten way more aggressive on YouTube, way more aggressive on Facebook and Twitter yeah. and Instagram. So that aspect, they've done good with that. 
Um, but at the end of the day, though, they had a bunch of missteps with contracts. They let Drew McIntyre leave. They let the Hardys leave. Um, you know, they let a lot of people just kind of peace out. A lot of a lot of uh, women's wrestlers leave. So they're they're restructuring. They've let go recently. You know, some producers. They let go of Shane Helms and Al Snow and Pat Kenny, who was Simon Diamond in ECW. Um, so there's there's it's it's the Jeff Jarrett regime coming back. I mean, you have Scott Demore back in the fold. You have Dutch Mantel back in the fold. You have a lot of people that uh, you know. Jeremy Borash is is much more influential now than maybe he was prior in the old regime. Yeah. You still have a couple hangers on, like John Gaburik is still there. Um, sure, you know, there's you can a couple for people. But you can feel it. Like just, just even look, look. If you look at the match card, you know who's booking that show. You know how it feels. Oh yeah, you, absolutely, you know. absolutely, yeah. And I think they and I and you know they're trying. I guess you know I give them credit. They're trying, but I don't. I don't really see this regime and obviously i think the stuff with the global force wrestling stuff is just so stupid being integrated into this and i told them that um i was i was asked for an opinion and i said it was incredibly stupid and a waste of their time and they did not you know that opinion was not well received but Mm. it's true yeah um to have you know active wrestlers walking around with belts of a of a promotion that like I went to a Global Force Wrestling show at a ballpark. I remember locally. that. I remember and that. It was terrible. It was terrible. I, I said it was one of the worst live shows I've ever been to as a wrestling fan. Um, it was just poorly organized. They they did no public relation, no promotion, nothing for it. Um, and then like there was no television deal. They taped all this TV. F- Actually, when I was in Ireland and we did shows together, yep, they were just starting to tape uh, Global Force Wrestling stuff in like Las Vegas. That none of that footage has seen the light of day, and all this talent that Jeff Jarrett had under contract or under deals or whatever they whatever they were, they're all gone. Like all, like the Bollywood Boys or the Singh Brothers now in the WWE. Um, they had like Bobby Roode and Eric Young and a bunch of guys. Those guys have all gone to WWE under NXT. Like it just, I just I had no I did this idea that he was you know he started this promotion. And it wasn't even really a promotion because nothing really, really took off the way he was trying to make it take off. He was just co-promoting with all these other promotions. And then to just kind of like ham fist it into the impact, you know, world is just so silly. Like the fact that Alberto El Patron's the the GFW champion, like, yes, we're going to integrate the titles. It's a little I'm glad they're going to be done with it after the show in two weeks, which is nice. But otherwise, it's just been really, really silly. It's it's trying to go for the invasion 2001 kind of feel but instead of having companies that actually existed and meant something they have global force wrestling which the the greatest thing global force wrestling ever did was when they opened people's eyes to wrestle kingdom yeah that was a positive that was great but after that it was kind of was like it was like a fart in church you know nobody that was the that was the co-promotion trick though and I, i i saw what jeff was doing and i talked to him about this in person and when I did try to deviate the conversation to that, he quickly did his Jeff Jarrett political thing, which he's very good at. And he's, I, you know, I told him in person, you should run for office if this whole wrestling thing doesn't work out because he's very, very <laughs> smart and tactical when he talks to people. He is, yeah. Uh, you know, it's because you've interviewed him many times, so you yeah. know what I'm talking about. Um, but it was weird. Like they, they, he was, he was just. I mean, people have said much meaner things than what I'm saying right now. A lot of people have accused it of him, you know, just being a, a, a the creator of, of endless Ponzi schemes in the wrestling industry. I I, would, I don't know if I would go that far, but he's no. definitely he's definitely done things to continue to keep himself, you know, somewhat relevant in the wrestling industry. That's true. Um, yeah. But I and I mean, and, and again, when I found out he was coming back and he was bringing in the people that were there before, I was I was in full support of it, and I still am. I just have I just haven't seen a lot to indicate that much is going to change if they are continuing to be on pop TV. Like if they're just staying on pop TV and they're going to ch- still try to make a dent, it's not going to work. Now, granted, they're they're getting back into uh, live events this summer, so that's good because for a while there, for two years, all TNA did before the rebranding to Impact Wrestling was tape television for pop TV or Destination America or whatever channel they were on at the time. And produce, you know, a couple pay-per-views a year. I mean, there would be the the one night only specials, and then like maybe two shows a year, like Slam Anniversary and and Bound for Glory, and that was it. So they really were just like a production company that happened to call themselves a wrestling, you know, company. But they're getting back into touring, which is good. 
Um, obviously, there's a lot of cost cutting going on right now. They're owned by Anthem Sports and Entertainment, which is a Canadian-based company which owns the Fight Network. Um, and of course, there's the you know the elephant in the room, Dara. I'm sure you've been watching it and paying attention. The dispute between you know Impact and the Hardys over the yep. trademark and copyrights of the broken characters, and that was a big mess. And that's still a mess. So there's just there's yeah, it's still a mess to this yep. day. So. There's there's aspects of things moving in the right direction, and then there's other things that you're just like, wow, it's just we're we're still doing this, you know. But I do feel like they're on a better track than they were a year ago, uh, even two or three years ago. Definitely, but like Adam, I don't know how TNA survived. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. Like two or three years ago, look, last year before Anthem bought them, I don't know, I don't know what happened. To be honest with you, the place was just a mess. You know, as you said, they let contracts go. Um, the show made absolutely no sense. People weren't talking about what was happening on television. They were talking about what was happening backstage. That was all the news was about. Nobody cared about the television show. And that's the truth of it. And what I would have to say, uh, and even, you know, people backstage, you know, um, they were all, they were either kept in the dark or gone. You know, and that's something I, I later found out that a lot of the, the backstage people were gone completely and or just didn't know what was going on because the, the you know, things had got so bad there that cost cutting measure, measures were taken in and it was just an absolute uh, cluster. So now, as soon as the Anthem deal was done and as soon as you changed over, a lot of the old, um, you know, on this side of the fence, Adam, a lot of the, the people in the UK got back in touch with me and, you know, now it feels like TNA was, you know, a good couple of years ago. So I, I do think, you know, when this is done, uh, this pay-per-view is done, maybe the end of the year, uh, around the time of uh, Bound for Glory, I think they'll have a much more concise and firm picture of who they are and what they want to be. Um, but, you know, there's the, the card is very reminiscent of what it was 2007, 2006, um, you know, the way it's structured, the way it's set up. Um, a, a bit too many gimmicky matches, but I will have to say, it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to it for everything except the main event. I just wish TNA or Impact Wrestling would, would resist that kind of hard-coded thing that they do where they kind of go to live off past WWE, um, you know, gimmicks. Because that's just, that hurts them and it just makes them look lower end. But I will have to say, anything with Scott Siner in a sign me up because that guy is just <laughs> man it's well, amazing i think the message was sent very clearly to them after that first show where they basically showed footage and had people cut promos about how great the company used to be and people were like what are you doing yeah and exactly. i think that message was sent very very clearly to them that let's let's stop doing that stuff and let's just focus on on what is what is at hand what we're trying to present and put together and you can't take over a company the way they did and expect, you know, instant positive results within, you know, three to four or five months. I mean, it's going to take some time. Yeah. And I think this is the first of many shows where you're going to see them trying to, like you were saying, get into the mode and get into the story they're trying to tell. But unfortunately, and I and I've I think they know this, too, that if they continue to stay on pop and I don't even know what what other option would be available outside of a pop TV. I'm sure that Jeff Jarrett saw how what, what Slim Pickens what it was, and when I spoke to Jeff about two years ago, it must have been two years ago. Um, it was uh, it was it was right as GFW was starting a tour. Mm. But any any kind of a discussion about getting a television deal or getting something with like cable? Yeah, he told me the um, same thing. That, told me the same. Yeah, thing. He, yeah, he told you the same thing. It, it wasn't it wasn't a priority, and I think yeah. he saw the growth of the network, and maybe that's where they go from here. Um, I, I, honestly, I think doing something with like a Netflix would be hugely beneficial to them. It, whether or not Netflix would be open to that is another thing. Um, and maybe even doing kind of like a seasonal approach the way Lucha Underground does it would be something interesting. Um, and now that that's also on Netflix too, but I don't know. I mean, maybe th there's, there's a different way you can approach this. It doesn't have to be a week to week show. Um, I don't know, but they got to figure something out because if they're still on pop TV a year from now while we're having the conversation, then that just shows to me that the the progression's just not there, and they're going to continue to be a very low level uh, wrestling promotion that 
has you know some people paying attention to it, but overall is is not making much of a dent at all in the industry. Because remember, they do have to kind of deal with Ring of Honor as well. And one of the things that they really should do and look into is kind of repairing those bridges uh, that were burned uh, under the Dixie character uh, latter years. You know, I like look look at look at uh, all the guys who are in the best in the world pay per view, which was fantastic. Um, you know, the books, Daniels, Cody Rhodes. Um, even Bully Ray, Bully Ray, the Briscoes, Kaz, like <laughs> Jay Lethal, all these these were TNA guys for the most part. You know, these were guys made in TNA, and things got so bad that they are now off. You know, not in WWE, over in Ring of Honor. So you know, I think they might eventually go back into that. And to be honest with you, that would be a much better pay per view, uh, a Ring of Honor. Uh, impact show like they used to do back in 2005 2006 and I, th- I think that's you know something that would be growth for them but the reality is as well they need to not look at old guys they need to not look at oh let's try and get the next AJ Styles because even AJ Styles when he was in TNA was saying well look I'm not the next anybody I'm AJ Styles they need to focus on getting new guys building their stars and holding on to them but, you know, repairing bridges is not a bad thing to do. And that's what I'd say um, would be a good bit of growth for uh, Impact Wrestling. But, you know, fair play to Ring of Honor. I've only seen the Cody Rhodes-Christopher Daniels match, which, Adam, I know you don't like the flippy-dippy stuff, but <laughs> it's quite a good match. It's quite no, good I mean, match. if it's if it's presented in a way that makes sense to me, then I don't hate it. Um, when, I, when, I, when I would see a lot of Ring of Honor matches where guys were just, you know, and it, and to be honest, it wasn't stuff that was happening in the, in the main event matches. It was more of the opening matches, trying to keep people's attention. Mm. Um, is where I would kind of be like, well, there's just no context to why they're doing that many flips and dives. And but that is, but but that is a definite. I mean, it's it's a it's a niche product. I mean, that is Ring of Honor has always been independent, focused on a, a certain demographic of a wrestling fan, and they know that, and yeah. they're not trying to be the WWE. That is the one thing I've always truly respected about ring of honors they've never tried to pretend to be somebody that they're not yes and that is the one mistake that tna made right when they got on spike tv and and to a degree still make the same mistake to this day is trying to be too much like the wwe or try to overtake that or or give this sense of like yes we are as important as what the wwe is doing in reality they're not and that is the one thing ring of honor has been very smart about and regardless of who owned the company or who was making decisions they were always very cognizant of that of of being very cautious of of portraying themselves as, as that. So they do that very well. And, and, and you see why certain talents will go there like a bully Ray or a Cody Rhodes, you know, they'll, why they'll make that decision to, to work for ring of honor over an impact. Um, so it's interesting. And, and there's, and obviously I think ring of honor has a, has a stronger product and a, and a more a stronger advantage over impact right now. Definitely more yeah. so because of the, new, of the new Japan pro wrestling partnership they have with the bullet club stuff and, and the fact that new Japan's, you know, coming to the United States, uh, this summer. So, uh, you know, I've, and I've always viewed, uh, ring of honor, honestly, as the number two promotion, um, stateside, mm. maybe not in the whole world. I mean, obviously new Japan would be the number two, uh, if you were to rank it, but, um, I've always put them above impact, especially in the last five years, just because of as soon as TNA lost that spike TV deal, they were done. it changed the Game. Yeah, yeah, it just changed the whole game. But so. th- but the thing about it is as well, like obviously we're an Irish product, and uh, you know to a lesser extent a, a UK based product as well. And over here, Impact Wrestling is still number two, still. Yeah, and, and that's ju- because of the the Sky Sports. Uh, uh, well, that's not Sky Sports anymore. What's what's the television outlet that that uh, airs them now? It's uh, Challenge. It's Challenge, that's yeah. right, yeah. Because they lost Challenge. Well, actually, there was that moment where they lost Challenge and they had to distribute that UK-exclusive TNA app. Yeah, or, oh, man, yeah, that was... Exactly. The, the backlash on that thing was... You know, that's one thing that I, I was kind of annoyed we weren't doing the show then because, like, you want to talk about a, a dumpster fire, that's, like, the definition of a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> that thing was just a mess. And that shows you how bad it got, you know? But, like, Ring of Honor doesn't have the penetration as Impact does here and in the UK. You know, and, um, New Japan doesn't either, which is crazy. So, you know there is still room for impact to grow and we're we are going to map it here because um you know it's as i said it's the number two here but uh, the wrestling world is interesting and there are four players here and 
you know, it's it's kind of see it's interesting to see how they're all kind of merging together. But I think the Ring of Honor model is a lot more um, sustainable. And look, in the face of everything else, they've survived through a recession. They survived through being raided by TNA and WWE, and they're still around. Fair play to them. Yeah, they're still, they're still doing. I mean, obviously, Sinclair Broadcasting was a big savior for them because yes. things were getting a little uh, scary there for a while. And but then you could say the same thing about Impact. I mean. Back in October, there was a fear that the promotion was going to be done and that Bound for Glory wasn't even going to happen. Yeah. So, uh, you know, with the Billy Corgan stuff and then eventually the lawsuits and then Anthem getting involved. So it's an interesting time. You know, the WWE is still finding it to be profitable. Maybe not the way they were profitable in the Attitude Era, but they're still um, they're still turning a profit and people are still paying for the network and Impact and Ring of Honor are still trying to figure out ways to you know get people to pay for their stuff. And, you know, hopefully things will get better for them. And I think they will. You know, they've turned a corner there because, man, I've never seen a company run so badly in my life. Um, you know, and the worst part is when you, you would speak to Dixie, you'd be like, oh, yeah, this is great. And then when you'd read what was going on, and particularly the Billy Corgan stuff, you're like, yeah, things are not good. So they they did turn the corner. And I'm looking, I'm actually looking forward to Slammiversary this year, which I wasn't last year. So, um, you know, you guys will be watching it. And you guys will be reviewing it. Are you going to do the live review kind of thing? Or are you going to come on afterwards? I don't know. I mean, we, we asked the question and some people said, yeah. And some people said, so we're going to do like a poll and just see, because I'm going to be covering the show live regardless on WrestleView. But I was curious if people, because I, you know, that's the other thing too, is, is the irrelevancy of the TNA product. Now the impact product. I mean, it's, it's, it definitely, I mean, even in the later years of that spike TV run where they were just about to leave spike. I mean, he was starting to really nosedive. Yeah, and now it's like, and I and I can see it. And again, WrestleView should not be the barometer for measuring, you know, what's successful and not successful. But I see when when we distribute WWE content, and I see when we distribute Impact content, and there is a massive difference in the amount of people that pay attention to Impact Wrestling stuff. And and granted, it's it's a it's hard to compare them directly to the WWE, but the interest level is just not there. No. Um, so it's it's so yeah, I mean we'll we'll be covering the show live because it's one of the few pay per views they do live, you know, throughout the year. And uh I'm not I'm not sure if we're gonna be doing a review, but uh, we'll I'll, we'll keep you posted. Cool. And guys remember if you want to keep in touch with Adam um and with Restview, go over to Restview.com. Um check them out there as well. Adam, where are your live feeds held? We hold them on YouTube. So uh if you just look up WrestleView on YouTube or go to youtube.com slash WrestleView radio and we we broadcast them live as we do it, and then the video gets archived automatically. Then we also put out the uh, the podcast version on uh, iTunes and, and SoundCloud as well. Cool. Um, so, guys, do check that out. We're coming to the end of the show here on Phoenix uh, 92.5 FM, but we are going to hold over um, on our own website because we have to quickly talk about Money in the Bank, and we haven't got time here as well. Guys, remember, if you want to um, join us, Directly, you can go over to our um, website, which is wvidesk slash site dot firebase uh, firebase com, or of course you can go and join us on Facebook, Westview International Desk, and on YouTube, wvidesk two thousand sixteen. So, Adam, want to thank you so much for st- for uh, talking with me, and uh, have you got your social media details there? Absolutely, and it was very fun to uh, to podcast with you, and also be on uh, fancy radio broadcasting airwaves in Dublin, Ireland. So thank you, sir. No worries, man. We have to do it more often, and I have to get better at doing it because I'm kind of rusty. The the ring rust is there. I have to say, <laughs> yeah, well, it'll come back to you. And yes, I totally agree. We need to do this more often. Fantastic. All right, guys. Um, tune in next week here on Phoenix ninety two point five FM. The rest of you international. We talk to you. You're there. listening to Phoenix FM Community Radio for Dublin fifteen.